0: Welcome to the Single Well Podcast. My name is Dr. Mila, and I am a family doctor turned wellness transformation coach. I created the Single Well for Christian single women and moms who want to learn how to simply incorporate wellness practices into their daily lives. After having a baby, getting divorced, and years of struggling with weight gain and declining health, I went searching for a natural weight loss solution. But instead, I discovered that true health was found in leveraging my spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and relational wellness. Listen in to gain the tools and mindset to start developing your own unique wellness strategy. Let's do this! Please note the information shared on the Single Well podcast is meant for informational purposes only and is not meant to replace the advice of your personal physician or healthcare practitioner. Please consult your personal medical professional before embarking on or implementing anything discussed on the podcast. Hey, everybody, Um, welcome back to the Single Well podcast. I have a very special guest and friend, Dr. Funke Afalabi Brown with me today. I'm going to read her bio. I told her earlier, I don't know if I can do it justice, (laughs) but I'm going to read it because you need to hear about this amazing woman. Uh, Funke Afalabi Brown is a board certified pediatric pulmonologist and sleep medicine physician. Dr. Brown is board certified in pediatric pulmonary medicine and pediatric sleep disorders. Um, As a double board certified pediatric respiratory sleep medicine physician, Dr. Brown helps her patients breathe better and sleep better. By extension, she helps improve the sleep of their parents. Dr. Brown is a speaker, an educator, a writer, and the founder of Restful Sleep MD, where she helps busy professional women and their children prioritize sleep to not only achieve their optimal health, but also thrive and live to their fullest potential. She does this through courses and programs focused on educating and empowering busy professional women to make sleep a priority as a critical pillar of their health. Dr. Brown is a member of the American Thoracic Society and the American Academy of Sleep Medicine, where she has served on several committees, including the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, as well as Pediatric Airway Pressure Task Force. Dr. Brown is passionate about mentoring the next generation of physician scholars and is particularly vested in the training and development of minority scholars. It's amazing. She also works with organizations and small businesses to improve employee health by incorporating healthy sleep as part of their wellness journey. She does this through seminars, workshops, and roundtable sessions. Dr. Brown is here to help families learn how to create the best versions of themselves without sacrificing their health and losing sleep. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Funke. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. That's Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So I am excited to dig in. This is such an important topic, um, you know, sleep. Um, and I love that it's called restful sleep because it's something that um, I like to distinguish rest and sleep. And we can let you do that. But I want you to talk a little bit about um. About how you ended up here, I, I read a little bit about that you had suffered from insomnia yourself, and of course you have all the board certifications. So I'm assuming it was an interest before as well. So tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yes, yes. So I mean, I, you know, training um, and um, it seemed like medical training and sleep were just not compatible, oh my right?
0: Gosh,
1: so <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> right from there, oil and water. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You, you, you yeah. it was almost like a badge of honor to mm-hmm. say that. You were surviving on four hours of sleep, and Absolutely. you know, and so that was where I had struggled even to start with, from being just so depleted and tired, without even really understanding it, because it wasn't necessarily like anyone taught us how to sleep, or they, or we took a course on sleep in school mm-hmm. or anything like that. All you knew was, oh yeah, you should get sleep some sometime, you know, and so it wasn't something I prioritized at that time, and I could, I was struggling. I mean, I made it through um, at that time, but I'm like, there has to be something better. I was able to understand, realize like I was one of those people that was really sensitive to sleep deprivation. So even though people would just kind of pack their bags and go pull the all night, I did it initially, it didn't pay off. And then, so what I ended up doing was I would, you know, take sleep first and then maybe wake up early hours of the morning. So I kind of got through that still surviving on really short sleep, and then you know training is done, and then kids come in, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's not so much the training now. It's the kids not sleeping, and then yeah. I can't sleep, and you're constantly almost like on hyper alert, right? Because you know they're gonna cry out because they need. My son had reflux, so mm. that was a whole different condition that was also contributing to his sleep deprivation, uh, I'm sorry, to his sleep issues and also mine, right? By mm-hmm. extension. And so then I was now stuck in this spiral, right? So it started off saying, okay, it's because my son's not sleeping. And then now I'm having issues where my mind is racing as I hit my, put my head on the pillow to sleep, or I suddenly wake up in the middle of the night as entrepreneurs, right? With the most mm-hmm. creative ideas yes. where it's like, oh my gosh, we're going to solve the world problem right now at 2am, you know? So And then during the day, you're exhausted. So, I mean, a lot of that was something that I could really understand and empathize with when I started speaking to, you know, my moms and my clients, and even seeing patients in clinic where moms are like, "I just don't even know how I drove here. I'm so exhausted." Mm -hmm. And so that was really the background of what really prompted me to start Restful Sleep MD, really from the understanding I gained, of course, I now went on to really study sleep and, and had a fellowship in sleep medicine. Um, so from that understanding, and also from the fact that I know what it feels like to be sleep deprived, mm-hmm. either because of the pressures you put on yourself, as well as the pressures or the obligations you have for others, and of course, family. So really um, making that a mission of my own to help other people who've, who are experiencing the thing.
0: Yes, that is so great. Um, There's so much that you said there. um, And I think particularly for um, me as a single mom now, it's like, you know, it was pretty funny, um, you know, when he when he was a baby, um, Mm -hmm. he was a good sleeper. Um, but it was like people were like, oh, the infancy is the worst time because you're going to be up all the time. But I was so well trained uh, in lack of sleep from residency. Mm-hmm. People thought I was nuts. They're like, what? I'm like, oh, it was great. Like, I mean, I was so used to the hospital when I had him mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I was like, I was there. It was like a vacation because. <laughs> I'm used to being in the hospital. So like, it's like that weird conditioning we get. Um, So when you speak about how we sleep, um, I remember very, you know, something that's not so funny. Um, I remember driving home and not remembering as a resident. Mm -hmm. I remember being at rest at stoplights and kind of zoning out. I don't even Mm -hmm. say I fell asleep, like just being like, oh, my gosh, you know and you are somebody blowing Mm -hmm. the horn behind you. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just a very serious problem. I know we have started to change the um, the guidelines for our residents, which I think is important work as well Mm -hmm. so that they're not sleep deprived. But I love that that came also out of you understanding as a Mm -hmm. mom, um, maybe you can teach me how to get my son, my seven-year-old out of my bed, because that also affects... (laughs) (laughs) That is also something that's important. And it really does affect like when he's not in my bed, I sleep better, even though I love having him there. I do sleep better when he's not there. So can you speak to the other, you kind of alluded to it, but the other effects of lack of sleep, we kind of are in a society where we've normalized to not sleeping, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just stay up late and do whatever. I've learned not to do that. Like no matter how much something needs to be done, I'm like, it's going to take me half the time in the morning than it is now because I'm so tired. Um, so talk a little bit about some of the health effects of um, sleep deprivation.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So one of the ones you talked about, which could actually potentially be fatal, right, is drowsy driving. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, some studies have already even established it, that driving after a long day, especially like a 24 hour of, um, of call or mm-hmm. just not sleeping is exactly the same blood alcohol level that you, wow. you you have when you are legally drunk. Wow. And so yeah. we wouldn't want a a drunk person driving us mm-hmm. in Uber to go home, right? Like mm-hmm. so we shouldn't be driving sleepy because it could be fatal. And what you described, the zoning off, it's what you call micro sleep. Mm-hmm. And during those, t- during those times, you are fully, if they've, they've looked at EEG, like um, your brainwave activities during that time, and you are actually asleep. And so your response time is delayed, you know, and so there's those consequences. So that's like, I would say, the most dramatic. Um, and then there are other things that are impacted by lack of sleep, including our mood, our executive function there's different stages of sleep we go through and certain stages like your um, your um, non-REM sleep, which is your sort of your deep sleep. And then you have your REM sleep or REM sleep, which is your dream sleep. And they both have been shown to serve sort of different functions. We don't understand this 100% yet, but like the non-REM sleep is when you do have um, rest and restoration, your body essentially heals itself your immune system gets restored. And so think about if you're depleting yourself of sleep, all those things get off. So you're actually more likely to get sick. Even they've done studies that are shown that people are at risk of catching colds. And even some cancers have been associated with chronically deprivation. Um, And then, you know, things like um, learning again, like I told, like I spoke about memory during sleep, you're moving things from your short-term memory to the long-term memory. So when you're not getting enough sleep, you lose that ability, which is why, and again, studies have been done even in, in young children, as well as in adults, where they had a group that was, um that really just focused on, you know, they were trying to complete tasks before, um, you know, while they were sleep deprived. And then another group um, after getting um, uh, good enough sleep, enough night sleep. And what they found was that um, those who didn't get enough sleep actually failed compared to those who got enough. So that sleep is really what differentiates between really excelling and in anything. So it may be academic performance. It may be decisions you're making for your business or even for your patients, things like that. The sleep in and of itself can make that difference. Um, you know um mental health problems are at an all-time high so anxiety mm-hmm. depression and so lack of sleep again it's a two-way you know it's a bi-directional relationship so we're not necessarily saying oh if you don't sleep well you're going to become anxious and depressed it's both make each other worse mm-hmm. and so one of the things even if you go see um your your therapist or psychiatrist one of the things they ask is how are sleep really and they try to get you to focus on getting enough sleep because that really takes that edge off and helps um with mood and emotion regulation. And then, you know, I know you practice obesity medicine. Yeah. Another thing that we've seen is your metabolism is impacted by sleep deprivation in so many ways. One of the, so many things like um insulin metabolism, right, which Mm -hmm. helps us to digest food and things like that can be impacted where things are just completely abnormal. And so there's a higher risk of diabetes actually um, Mm -hmm. when you don't sleep well. Another thing that can impact your, um, your metabolism and also actually leads predisposed to obesity is the fact that there are two hormones that get regulated during um, when you sleep it's called one of them is called the leptin and another one is called the ghrelin Mm -hmm. so you know the leptin is kind of that like satiety hormone that lets you know that it's enough (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the ghrelin is the hormone that's released to make you feel hungry and so there's a reversal when we don't sleep well and I always tell people when you don't when you're not getting enough sleep or you're like sleep deprived or you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just frustrated you're not Necessarily likely to go into the fridge to look for a piece of carrot, maybe mm-hmm. carrot cake. <laughs> so, so the decisions we're making and just that reversal in that system cannot kind of lead to difficulty with weight loss and things like that as well. So, um, of course, you can then imagine the, what ensues with that: obesity, diabetes, hypertension um and you know significant heart disease can be associated with insufficiency so really a whole lot i think mm-hmm. from top to bottom essentially um can be impacted by by sleep deprivation
0: yes oh my gosh you're like a wealth of knowledge but i knew that i knew that mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. no that is um such important um such is such imp- important information mm-hmm. for people to grasp because i think yeah. We we really just kind of push sleep to the side, and we just really don't think of the impact. We know we need to sleep, like you mm-hmm. said. There's still a lot with all of that. There's still so much we don't know about sleep yeah. and why we need it. Um, and it's like people just say, eh, "I'm fine." You know, mm-hmm. um, what I often tell people too, and you and you may agree with this, is that you know your body is very resilient. So your body's mm-hmm. trying to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to keep you functioning. So you mm-hmm. will be able to function on less mm-hmm. sleep, but can you function well? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's what I, I got out of what you were talking about, all of those things. Some of those I didn't even realize, like the cancer connection, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, a new immunity and memory and and moods. I think this also speaks to as you mentioned the word pillar in your bio, and I love that. The wellness pillars is is a big um, passion of mine, and in you know, nourishing your mental, emotional, relational, physical, and spiritual health and wellness is so important. We we kind of ignore those things, or they're there, and we're just kind of like, eh, you know. But some people say it's like a stool, and if you have two of those things missing, the stool doesn't sit up right. And -hmm. it's the same thing with sleep and like your moods, and there's all of it is a balance. Um, And it's it sounds like um, you know from what you said, and from what I know about sleep, you know, that all of those things are affected by our sleep. Mm-hmm. So if you have your parenting, which I love the premise of, you know, what you talk about with parents and their kids, mm-hmm. because I think as physicians too, well, I know, um, you know, as a family doctor, we were just kind of seeing everybody, but there's a mm-hmm. compartmentalization there that happens where we um, see the the child for the visit mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, it's not your visit today, mom, you know, or vice versa. And I love that you notice that, that, you know, hey, this is, you know, a a kind of a joint effort. And it's especially important um, with parents that may be doing it alone. I mean, we all, you know, I know I've been a married, I haven't been a married parent per se, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was a married woman. And so I understand how that can also be, be tough as Mm -hmm. well when everybody has different roles and responsibilities with that. But um yes, I just I, I love the way you pulled that together. I think that'll be very eye-opening for people. I'd like to ask about um in particular sleep apnea. Um, mm-hmm. we see that a ton in adults. Um, mm-hmm. are you seeing that much in um kids at this point?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I would say the incidence is not as high as in adults, yeah. but anywhere from depending on what what literature you're looking at, anywhere from about two to about 6% of children have sleep apnea. And the reason the cause is kind of a little bit different from adults, but it's evolving. So mm-hmm. the most common cause is um, enlarged tonsils and adenoids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so a lot of people, you know, when that they, they were children may have had their tonsils and adenoids taken out either because they had a frequent colds or frequent strep infections. But sleep apnea is um, is something that can be, re- that can result from having um, adenoid and tonsil enlargement. So that's mm-hmm. usually one of the commonest. Then, like I was saying, it's evolving now because there's an obesity pandemic, and so mm-hmm. a lot of our kids are now more obese. So they're kind of having more of the adult phenotype in that sense, where just the the you know the neck size, the the crowding of the upper airway, um, the larger tongue are all risk factors in obese people to have sleep apnea. So we're seeing that even in adults and I'm sorry, in children, um, especially our teenagers. Um and I've seen it even worse now with COVID, Mm because there's a lot of inactivity. So it's Mm -hmm. time on devices, time at home. People are not necessarily going out and being active or playing sports and things like that. So we're definitely seeing a change. in the, in the frequency, um, or the incidence of sleep apnea, definitely something we deal with. And then another group is in children who have, you know, low tone. So children with developmental differences, so children with like syndromes, like trisomy 21, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Actually, in children with sickle cell disease, there's been a higher hmm. incidence of sleep apnea oh, as well as in that. black children compared mm-hmm. to white. Um, so those are some risk factors as well. People feel like it's maybe related to just their structural, facial structural mm-hmm. um, differences, making that airway a little bit more um, crowded. So those are some, some um, times we definitely are seeing sleep apnea. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Wow. Um, yeah, this is something that, um, is so common. Um, I've Mm. had people ask me like, are they, are they just over-diagnosing that? I'm like, no, it's just the sign of the times that we're in, Mm. um, with sleep apnea. Something else you Mm. mentioned too, is that we have things and in the way my brain works, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Um, these devices where Mm. not only do they keep us awake longer, but they take away from the quality of our sleep. So we're not, you know, getting that quality sleep, we need that Mm -hmm. non REM and REM sleep, because we're just Mm -hmm. kind of going to bed at midnight getting up Mm -hmm. at if you're like me get up at four or five. Mm -hmm. And you're just not you don't feel great, you can do what you need to do. But, Mm -hmm. um, and especially with our kids, it's so important that we not um rely on those things so much so mm-hmm. i try to use the um the changes this this focus app on the phone and all that stuff mm-hmm. to, to remind me to start shutting things down um okay. something else that i'm looking i'm looking at this ring light right now and i'm wondering how what effect that has you know because yeah. you're late at night it's even brighter and it's like right in yeah. your face and i know we're probably going to see some effects from that as well it's really interesting um so on that note um i'd like to start rounding up and have you give us some maybe 3 tips you would recommend to a parent that either is struggling with sleep or their child is struggling with sleep or both is usually the case. um, You know, how would you, what would you recommend to them?
1: Yeah. So um, it's great. You bring that up. The light piece is huge because light is one of the strongest cues of our circadian um, or internal clocks. So I would say that's the first piece, um, making sure that in the evening we start to kind of wind down Um, with a routine that includes either dimming the lights, limiting devices, um, having a routine or some kind of relaxing activities, two or three relaxing activities. And this is for the whole family that kind of heads you in the direction of the bedroom. So depending on as a parent, what you like, do you want to take a bath? Um, Do you want to just read a book quietly or do some meditation? You know, things like that, that don't involve, you know, too much activation so really i think that's one big one and then the other one that you mentioned which is like around setting a time in terms of when you wake up and when you go to sleep is a huge piece so being really consistent with your bedtime as well as when you wake up and so that actually includes the weekends as well mm-hmm. the reason why i bring that <laughs> up is most people are like listen i'll just figure it out and then on the weekend i'll catch up on sleep mm-hmm. um there's someone that i follow who says um is it Matt Walker? It might be. He said, sleep is not like a bank. You can't mm-hmm. say, oh, I'll pay it off later. But- because no matter what, you're not going to be able to catch up, yep. right? So no matter how you do the math, even if on the weekend you try to sleep until noon, the number of hours of sleep that you have missed, is it's not going to be enough um, on, to be able to catch up on the weekend. So really being consistent with your sleep time and your wake time. And then um, in addition to that is uh, something else that I would say, which is um, assigning your bed for sleep. So sleeping in bed and bed should only be for sleep. The reason why is a lot of times sometimes we're in bed and our phones are there, our laptops are there, we're eating, uh, it's our movie theater, we're watching movies and things like that. The reason why is because our brains make associations. And so when you're there and today you're there and you're watching a movie or tomorrow you're there and you're eating a snack in bed, then your brain is like unsure of what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so that may make it harder for you to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So those are just three. Um, I do have a a, a sheet, a a, a worksheet, or not a worksheet, sorry, um, a checklist, I would say, um, on my website. It has six things that you should do um, in order to get restful sleep. And I really, really recommend looking at that because these are just a few that I've highlighted. But I think every single one of those, if you at least start from there, I think it's really going to set you up for sleep success. So um, you could check it out on my website. It's called restfulsleepmd.com. And you could just download that checklist to get started on sleeping well, both for you as well as for your family.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Funke. So would you say that restful sleep MD is a good place for people to reach out to you? Is there a way to reach you on there?
1: Yes, absolutely. So if you do have questions, another thing that, I again, because of my passion to help busy moms, I do work with moms um, one-on-one and provide Mm -hmm. some coaching. So that's where you could definitely um, schedule a call just to talk and see how I can be of support. Um, That's one. And then uh, the other is if you have teenagers, that's, I know we didn't really talk about them today, but there's a a, they're like a whole different class of yes. their own. um I created a course for um for sleep for teenagers, mm-hmm. really tailored to them speaking their language, helping them to understand what's going on in their bodies, what's going on in their minds, and what's going on with their development with sleep and how they can sleep so that we can reduce that friction and conflict that we tend to have with our teens at bedtime. Mm-hmm. so you could also find that on my web- website as long as as well as so many other goodies.
0: I love that. Actually, that is a really important point. You know, we focus a lot on women, especially in the, you know, especially being a, an adult doctor, so to speak, um, yeah. working with obesity in that, in that realm. Um, we talk a lot about menopause. And while you were talking, mm-hmm. I was thinking about how that is such a Pivotal time for teenagers when they are mm-hmm. going through all those hormonal changes. We talk about, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about the hormonal effects um, of obesity and vice versa, um, you know, and how that affects them. And I can just imagine all of the things going on when you're a teen, especially nowadays with all mm-hmm. of these other things affecting your mm-hmm. sleep. You know, all of those things we mentioned affect them. They're new drivers, they're um, learning to, you know, mm-hmm. not drive while drowsy. They're learning, they might be getting into things that maybe, you know, affect their sleep. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, it's just a million things to think about. So I think that's such important work. That's such a great idea. I'm glad you're, you have that available. I think a lot of people will benefit from that course as well. And your coaching, of course, which is yeah. really exciting. So. <laughs> yeah. so yeah, so thank you for, um, for coming on The Single Well. Do you have any parting words for our uh, listening audience?
1: Yes. Yes, I would say thank you so much for having me. And I would say to anyone that's listening, no matter where you are in your sleep journey, you could just, a lot of times you could just make that switch. It's a mindset. You could choose to prioritize sleep. And, you know, it's. it may seem like a small change, but every single change you make to prioritize sleep will help in helping you to become that better version that you really want to be.
0: Absolutely. Such profound words. Thank you so much, Dr. Funke. We'll have to do this again sometime.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much.
0: This has been the Single Well Podcast. For more information on what you just heard, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram at the single Well, or you can email us at thesinglewell at gmail.com.